Dad? Yeah, what's up? Can we talk? Absolutely. What do you guys want to talk about? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dad Talks. Just because you may not have had the greatest dad or you feel like a failure as a dad does not mean that's the end. You can still become a great dad today. You just need someone to lead you. That's what Dad Talks is all about. Just ordinary guys talking about life, relationships, work, and this thing called fatherhood in the pursuit of becoming awesome dads. On this episode of Dad Talks, I interview Carlin Day. Carlin is a good friend of mine from high school from our time together at good old Corn Bible Academy. Yeah, I said Corn Bible Academy. It is a tiny, tiny school in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. Not m- nowhere, Oklahoma, but in the middle of nowhere, o- Oklahoma. Go look it up. Uh, I love to clip in at the beginning just to let you hear what our high school selves were like, and hopefully gives you hope that maybe your kids are there and they're really immature that, you know what, with a little time, marriage, kids, they might mature into a uh, successful adult. We'll see. Carl is an insurance salesman by day, but is also active on Twitter where he daily tweets about his passion project, Elevating Value. Check the links in the description uh, to his website and his Twitter account. I talked to Carl or Carlin uh, about a decision he made that you could say is controversial, depending on which side of the issue you land on, regarding his last name. I wanted to ask him about the decision and the impact that it had on his family, his parents, but more specifically, I was just impressed by this man as a husband and a father who was willing to take kind of a bold stance and, and stand behind it, who was willing to make a decision, knowing the implications and impact that it could have on his family, his business, and standing behind it. And so it's just awesome to hear Carl's story as he processes through it and just what came from that. We also talk about what it's like to raise four boys with his wife, Angela, how men and specifically dads can elevate their value. And you know what? The best part, what Dad Talks is all about, legacy. We get to hear about the legacy that Carlin's dad passed down to him and the impact that it has on Carl as a dad and just the solid foundation it gives him to raise his boys. I hope you enjoy my interview with Carlin Day on this episode of Dad Talks. Going back to, I just because this is my like favorite memory of Carl back when we used staying in that crappy farmhouse upstairs in that one bedroom because it was the only one with the window ac oh i forgot about that till just now i mean i slept on a mattress right and yeah. you slept you had a real bed i slept no, on a mattress i think we we're both floor. i think we we're both on the floor i think you're on an air mattress right or yeah. something oh, like yeah, that's right i was like on an air mattress i just blow it up everyone not you wake up it's flat yeah i was thinking about that the other day and i told because i think you called and i was telling someone uh, yeah, yeah i talked to carl and i explained that and they're like you guys did what yeah we live in this crappy farmhouse because there's two bedrooms i remember but only one had ac and it was so hot like, no but remember we had an ac in there and we would turn it on but it would freeze up it would stay on oh. like all night and some days it'd be like super cold <laughs> and sometimes it would freeze up and then it would get so hot because it would be like all covered in ice and it would just quit 
Oh, oh. That's, I forgot. Yeah, that's right. Oh man. Yeah. That's, I was oh. thinking about, yeah. Last time I saw you and what I was like, Oh yeah. That farmhouse. It was just, cause I just still remember one like summer, just one summer. Yeah. Cause did you guys live there during college yeah. or is it just summer? It was me just during summer is all that I did. Okay. That's yeah, and, I then I, and then I went back to a campus, like to Weatherford just to yeah. live. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember, cause it was, was it Reed's uncles, whoever, but I mean, yeah. you know, he had the nicest room downstairs and he Reed's had like room. a master suite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'd come down after the AC died. We're like, what the heck? <laughs> like you suck, dude. Yeah, that's funny. That's hilarious. The only thing I'm thinking of right now, since you said that, is Reed being like, "You guys, you know, you gotta take turns mowing." And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know. If, <laughs> I think we do. Because then we even did you help put the roof on? No, I didn't. I think you were bad. You were I was pretty bad tenant. It's pretty bad. Oh man, that was yeah. We put the roof on the lower rent. I was like, this is crap. It's also back in the it's also back in the days where I perfected the art of never using um silverware or plates <laughs> so that you could always tell your roommates I used nothing. I do not have to wash dishes. Like, these, these are my plastic wear. <laughs> my hands are it. Oh man. It wasn't it, me. It wasn't that, like, me. That was the quasi-essential, like, nasty college. Because, yeah, Reed, I'll call it Reed. I think it was Reed most of the time. Just left crap everywhere. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> oh, man, it was bad. So then, because, yeah, you went to uh, Southwestern Oklahoma State University, right? Right. Swasu. Swasu. Um, and what, so kind of, yeah, catching up, you're there, degree, how did you get to where you're at? I mean, yeah, 12 years and you've got, I mean, I know your wife because we went to high school all together and then four, right? Yeah, four boys now. Yeah, my quick story of where I was, I guess I went to a college, uh, Southwestern. I was, and me and Angela, my wife now, were already dating in high school. And so we got, we went, we got married our sophomore year uh, after our sophomore year of college in summertime. And, uh, I worked for my dad during that time to make that happen. You know, my dad was a farmer, so I just worked with him and uh, he was able to help me provide for my family. Uh, so I did that until I graduated uh, my bachelor's degree. Then I went and got it. I went and got a full-time job at a co-op working in an oh, office. Right. And during that time I got in my MBA and uh, kept in that co-op, the ag side until I went to work in insurance. And so now I've been working in insurance for almost eight years. And that's my career. That's my, that's my career in a, in a snapshot. And now after all these times, I got four boys. Uh, yeah. Oldest being nine going to turn 10 next summer. Okay. So he's a year. What's name and ages of all of them? I got uh, Caden is nine and uh, Davis. Oh my goodness. He is, uh, he's six. Yeah. Griffin is five. He just turned five and uh, Murray is two. My youngest is two. Okay. Yeah. So my, let's see. So yeah, G's 
eight. And then you said, uh, oh, second child. I heard for you guys. Uh, Davis. Davis. Yeah. Yeah. So he, it sounds, Isaiah's six. He just turned okay. six in October. So they got to be close. And then Juliet is three. Okay. So it's kind of fit in with, I mean, you, it, yeah, it'd be great because that's Isaiah. Even the other day, he's like, "Man, I wish I had a brother." I'm like, "Yeah, so do I." Because the the other day, his gym teacher was like, "Yeah, so Isaiah got in trouble, not like bad, but it was like one of those gym games where they, you know, run. You got to get on a space, and there's some boys, and he just pushes them. Like he's like, "Yeah, he's just a boy." I'm like, "Yeah, he's only got sisters who don't quite fight back. Mm-hmm. Needs someone to just." That's there's a few times the kids pop. I'm like, dude, you're gonna get popped in the mouth, and one of these kids, you're gonna learn like it doesn't work. <laughs> like when you have For brothers, sure. man, you lip off and punch. Someone's gonna punch back. You go, oh, that was a bad idea. With sisters, they just kind of, you know, scream and. Oh man, I can I you know I would think like four boys because I'm like you don't have any girls, but I'm like but you have four boys like your house must just have holes in every wall pee everywhere. Like, I mean, Angela's well, probably cleaning the yeah. toilet and the floor all day. We've had a couple of crazy finds where you, um, somehow the weather changes and I mean, we live in a nice house, but somehow the weather changes finally allows you to find the giant amount of urine in like a closet or what I was like, he's like, you know what? I've changed the clothes. Nobody's noticing. I'm just going to go right here, you know, and I'll see like, whoa, what is this? Oh, man, we've had a, I fixed a hole in the wall twice where uh, the door stopper was taken off the bottom, the thing to keep it from hitting the wall mm-hmm. because the kid was so mad that he took it off so that he could slam it really hard, you know, <laughs> so he shoves the whole thing through the door, this hole in the wall, the size of the door, the whole doorknob. I look like a college renter again, man. I love that he just thinks through that. Of, I got to take this off so I can make my point. Just slam this. Bam. Bam. Well, that's what, I don't know if your boys. So the last house we're at, it was kind of, I mean, in the woods, you know, back in the neighborhood, but Isaiah, cause there's two bathrooms, one upstairs, one downstairs, but he, you know, holds his pee till he about wets his pants. So if somebody's in the upstairs, he'd go out to the front steps and just pee off the front. Just all over the steps. Just Nate. I mean, everybody can see it. Even here, there's a tree in the front of her yard. He'll get out from the van instead of going inside. We'll just go over the tree and just pull his pants down and just pee. I'm like, dude, you can't just do that everywhere. Not everywhere. Sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, you know, there's there's times for it, but right now where the neighbors can clearly see you, like, ah, oh, dude. So yeah, that's just a different breed of. Yeah, you you know you got those you got girls and uh, when you have girls, I have I tell people that like nobody knows my parenting style and I have no idea about other people's because mm-hmm. raising four boys is so unique. Oh yeah, with girls you have a whole subset of skills that I don't even know about. Oh man, there's a whole nother. But then I'm always curious because I've got another friend. They've got three boys. Well, then I guess I know another couple, they have four boys as well of thinking of the mom, like, does God know that this woman is made for boys? And like, 
and not necessarily wouldn't want a girl, you know what I'm saying? To where like, if Angela's like, no, I'm a boy mom and it fits me perfect and yeah. it works out. That's pretty bad. I mean, it's pretty bad because every girl I like to, and all those, um, and all these gender reveals everybody does. I like to watch the girl when she finds out she's having a boy because I've mm-hmm. been through that four times and uh, <laughs> the girl's always like, yay <laughs> the guy's like jumping around he's like screaming you're know, like i am mad yeah. i'm having a son <laughs> look what i've and done the, and the wife's just got this smile on her face it's like yeah i'm happy you know <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah how is she good with did you guys try and say hey we want a girl or this, we wanted four. Like, how did that work with you guys with kids? And how does Angela, yeah, handle? Yeah, I just say, you know, that's tough. And uh, every every woman who doesn't have a girl, that's really hard. Even if they, I think, even I think from the ones I know, even if they say they're happy being a boy mom, there's still something that you know, if they had kids, yeah. everybody for some reason wants a boy and a girl, and then some people want a boy and a girl and a boy and a girl and a boy and a girl. And a boy, you know, a lot of kids. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't oof. <laughs> Man. And guys oh. like me always say the wrong thing when someone's like when when your wife says something like that. It's I don't usually have the right response if she says something about being sad. But if you figure it out, it'd be great. I'll have you back on and you can tell all these guys of hey. I figured it out, guys. I've got it. Cause uh I don't think anybody does going, oh, that was that was bad. Dang it. No, I'm the same of going, I did not read that situation well, mainly because I mean, that's and I, I know this is off top, but not like with us. I don't know if you're the same as me, but I think a lot of guys have here's the facts. Let's address the facts and move on. And so, I mean, there'd be meetings, you know, at work of like, oh, you really hurt that person's feelings. How we're, we're, we're at work. These are the facts. There shouldn't be feelings involved and in going, well. You know, you said this and she's like, wait, what? Like, there's there's no feelings. This is the facts. There's these are our kids or this is what's happening. Like, why are we talking about feelings? Which do you do you have? Because for me, the thing that changed was having girls that helped me understand feelings. Do you have one of your boys? Isaiah, I would say, is, is very tender. Yeah. Do you have or some of your boys very tender where you've kind of had to work with him differently i got two that are insane and then i have two that are like the (laughs) sweetest little guys and uh it is crazy how that that worked it's like they have the same they both have the same like makeup so i don't know why those two are that way and the other two that way but you can just clearly see it like one gives me hugs all the time it's just the awesomest thing Mm -hmm. so cool and yeah. one just punches you right in the crotch. Yeah, right in the crotch. <laughs> he goes up there. Oh, that's happened before. You know, you get a lot of sympathy in public places when that happens, when they come in to punch you. you say, oh, wow, how's he going to react? <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, that kid's dead. Oh, especially if you're, you know, you're not paying attention. They just come and hit you like, gosh, kid, come. That was Isaiah for a while. Because I was trying to kind of like, he would hit me, so I'd turn and let him hit me like in the butt. Well, it's that height, and he wouldn't pay attention. He starts hitting people. I mean, he was just dropping people. You're like, dude, you can't, you can't do this. You're at the right height. You're gonna kill someone. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Oh, it's tough. 
Um, so, so yeah, so four kids. So back to your business. So I know you did the co-op and then you worked, are you on your own now? Cause you were working for, uh, yeah. Darren's dad for a bit, right? Right. Uh, that story is really awesome. Um, how I got into that, but, uh, now I bought the agency out from them, helping them retire, which is a great feeling. Um, and oh, okay. uh, yeah, now I'm, now I own the agency and I'm trying to grow it. Got a lot of exciting stuff going on, but yeah, I'm on my own and that is, uh, a lot of fun. A lot of, <laughs> hard, uh, okay. I was hard, wondering, cause I knew you worked for him. I knew you enjoyed it. So that's what I was trying to figure out how, okay. So you bought it from him. Yeah. Um, how long ago was that? That was uh, two years ago in January. Okay. And so they worked with me for a year. And then they completely have left the agency. And now I got a couple employees and it's working great. Nice. This was going to ask if you, it's just you, or you got employees. So then base, do you got basically got to take the client base that they had? And then now you're building upon that essentially. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the cool thing is that That's I awesome. knew most of the people. So I worked before we did this, I had worked with them six years. So, mm. Honestly, there's a lot of people that still don't know the business has changed because nothing has changed. Yeah. Except yeah. that they're not here. Yeah. Yep. So that's awesome. Yeah. Big time. And is it, yeah. it I mean, oh, man, insurance. I don't know. Pass. Let's go on to um, insurance, guys. <laughs> oh, uh, they're necessary. I, I do enjoy the one, the company we got here in town have helped at least with me insurance. Like, I can call and say, Hey, I have no idea what this means. Cool. We'll go investigate for you. We'll help it out. Like definitely earn their keep by doing the extra stuff to where it's not just like, well, that's not our problem. Go figure it out. Like, well, I kind of pay you. And they, I mean, they've been great. They're like, well, this isn't our thing, but we can go figure it out. I'm like, see, that's good customer service to where you may be a little higher, but I'm more than happy to pay it if you're going to help me with, with these things. So, yeah. All right, Carl, the insurance guy. So the the biggest one that I'm just curious, um, and every I don't know if everyone's curious, but just your name change. And so I'm curious what I liked about it because when we talked about it, of just how you as a dad were leading your family through it, and just really the whole thing of you becoming your own family in a sense, right? To where you as a man, you set out on your own, saying this is what's good for us. And not necessarily ignoring everyone else, but I just, I guess speaking into that to where, yes, I know it's just, just a name change, but I think there's more to it as, as you've processed through how this is going to best lead my family. So yeah, share, share that story. Yeah. You know, that, uh, has made me a celebrity in good ways and bad ways. Changing yeah. your name, changing your last name is kind of a extreme thing you don't hear a lot of people doing um you know when you're talking about dads i've actually came across a lot of people who changed their last name because they hate their dad oh uh, yeah um and that's actually a very common story that lawyers work with a lot is that something terrible happened mm -hmm. abandonment abusement you know all kinds of things and they don't want to have anything to do it's almost like they want to you know, forget them forever. Yeah. And so I think that's ingrained in a lot of us is that that's what it feels like to most people is when you hear of something happening 
And that, that, that's the tough part of it because that was, in my case, not anything to do with it at all. Yeah. And so there's a verse in Proverbs uh, 14, uh, 10. It says, each, each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can share its joy. And uh, that verse really is powerful to me because I've learned that nobody knows you. Uh, there's people that know you way better than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but people think they know what they know about you. Yeah. And that goes deep. I mean, it goes to husband, wife, it goes to father, son, it goes to siblings and everything like that is, you know, like you said, uh, you know, we've, we went to high school together, but we knew each other better back then, but did we really know each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But did we really? Yeah, yeah, you know, on that level. We yeah. could have known each other better. Yep. Um, and so with the name change, you know, I don't want to really get into anything with uh, saying, you know, how it went with my father. But, it, you know, I could see it going much worse. And mm-hmm. I, and uh, you know, um, we had a lot of discussions about it. And I understand it's very hard. So my main thing is just letting people know that, uh, you know, it wasn't because I didn't love him. It wasn't because I hated him or anything. But it was just... Uh, like you said, for my family. So when, when my family, when we made this decision, the the thing about that's to me, that was the catalyst for it was I have a son one time when he's a little bitty baby, these thoughts are already in my head of like, okay, my name is Carlin Dick and I'm going to give this name to my son and everything's cool. Everything's fine. You know, everyone expects that. So then I have another son and another son these thoughts are multiplying another son now that's it that's all the sons i've had four sons and it when my son is uh he would have been seven years old and i've never sat down and be like okay guys this is what the name dick means right to everyone else not to our family but to everyone Mm -hmm. else that i've ever come across this is what it means and so yeah, that was it's quite the moment to tell your kids, you know, what that word means and see their face, their reaction. Yeah. Uh, and yours, well. to just point, yours is a D-Y. I mean, it's still D-Y. pronounced Dick, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. which, yes, of course, we as high school kids had a lot of fun with that. But that's to the point you're making, right? Right. And so don't just... get me wrong, I had a lot of fun with it, too. I mean, <laughs> we've, we've had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun with it. We have. Uh, and uh, it's a weird graph. If I could draw a graph out for people, because that's what I say, nobody knows me. So I'd like, you know, I don't really want to talk too much about it, but I'll talk to anybody. I've had a lot of people who um, genuinely asked me and talked to me, mm-hmm. and we've had good conversations. Yeah. And uh, I've said I always appreciate it. They always feel uncomfortable asking me and talking about it. But I always say, I really appreciate when people come directly to you mm-hmm. because that's oh, yeah. called, that's called, uh, what would you say? Friendship, honesty. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they talk about after they leave, but hey, yeah. that's up to them. That's up to them. If they come to me, I'll give them, give them the, uh, answers and talk to them about it. Yeah, it is. It's funny that you're saying that. Cause yeah, there's numerous people from we were connected through corn that we went to high school of, Oh, did you see what Carlin did? Oh, why did he do it? I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you call and ask him? Like, 
It, it, I mean, that's just the whole joy of social media to where, like you said, we think we know people because we've seen something online or we've seen whatever, but like, and, and I mean, and in my case, it, it's different. I didn't change my name, but had, you know, life stuff going on. And a lot of people know me as a pastor. So that's, I mean, stuff just goes and I'm always, Hey, if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. But this whole avoiding or, I mean, it's just people. It, I mean, I like, yeah, your verse of like, you don't know yeah. me, you don't know what's going on. And so that, that's the biggest, yeah, I, I don't care to necessarily, yeah, if you, like you said, I know you didn't change it because you're angry at your parents or whatever. I just like it as, um, as a dad and as a man, especially in today's world, like that takes some guts to be like, Hey, this is what I want to do because this, this is a path I want to lead my family on. And like, and it wasn't, I think, you know, you'd agree. And that's part of what I wanted to get out. You're doing it not out of spite, not out of anger, but saying it, this is the direction I want to take our family and kind of change it. Of, I mean, it's a name. Are they important? I, I don't think I'm like, oh, no, it's screwed up legacy. The legacy isn't built on the name. It's, you know, other stuff. So that's what I, when you told me that, I was like, man, I don't know if I'd have the guts to be like, hey, let's change it. Let's explain, you know, so that's what I, I like. But I also think that speaks to you and what you're doing with, here's your trigger word, elevating value of helping people find purpose, helping people essentially create their own path. And so again, like I said, this is where Carl is going, not necessarily getting away from my dad, my parents of, Hey, we don't want it. But now I'm, I mean, biblical, leave the father, mother and go do your own thing. And so I, yeah, I, I think it's really cool that you're kind of like, all right, this is what we're doing. And so, um, yeah, support you in that. And I, I don't, I mean, I still like, I said with Reed, like every time I see him, that's the name. I go, Oh, let's make these jokes. But nope. Nope. Um, so, so you did, did that. And I know part of it, kind of the business and you've had some conversations because how that was what, two years ago, you said two years ago. So like, uh, the business is a great, is a great thing to bring up in that because, you know, until you change, nothing changes, but when a change hits you, you, you hit new thoughts, you learn new things. Mm. And, um, I realized, let's go back to when you're talking about trying to think about what you're going to tell your son. I realized that what I was going to have to tell him, I didn't, uh, you'd say, believe myself, meaning like it's just a name because mm. it really is. It yeah. really is. Okay. So I really just believe that the name Dick was just a name and it really is. Yeah. But here's the thing, the people that I was coming in contact with, and dealing with through the phone, just the phone to them, that's not the case for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So dealing with people and being highly relational, like I'm a people person. That's where I get my buzz. Yeah. I also get a, a, uh, what would you call this? A, a negative buzz from feeling un when I feel uncomfortable feelings from other people yeah. towards yeah. me for no reason. Okay. Well, to them, it was a reason. So, I began to feel that. And uh, when the business, I began to get on the phone a lot. I'm dealing with more people about the business. I mean, just personally, that calls happening over. I'm running the script over and over. And I'm going to have to sit down with my kid and tell him, here's the script. You're going to have to run over and over yeah. all the time. So, yeah, that was, the, that was one of the catalysts, to be, to be honest. With you. Just how many people 
really just opened my eyes to maybe a little bit of a, a different perspective of other people. Mm-hmm. I, I like what you said though, of believing you had to believe the change first and kind of convince yourself of it before you could be like, Hey, but I mean, that's, that's a name. That's anything. I mean, I'm the same here. I'm trying to explain some things I was explaining to the kids of like, Hey, yeah. these bad things happened and God's using them for good going. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I believe it, but you know, yeah, there's still times you're saying the kids ask a question. You're like, well, um, I, I mean, that's, you know, that's the faith of why do I believe what I believe and being able to speak it to you of going, ah, uh, I think this is true, <laughs> which I think that's, you know, part of that is parenting of going, this is what I think is correct. I'm not completely right. convinced, but if I have bold confidence, let's just go and see what happens. You know, it's, it's really tough because uh, I'm a student of Proverbs, big time student of Proverbs. You're going to hear me quote lots of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs, uh, four, 27 it says like you know don't look to the left or to the right keep your foot from evil Mm -hmm. 25 says set your gaze directly before you you know like to stay on this path but then throughout proverbs it's a father to a son he's always talking about discipline bringing you back and the guy who hates it he goes farther off the guy who loves it gets back on track so there's a lot to that of like when you talk about making a change of any kind, mm-hmm. you're going through a change. You've been through a change. You're disciplining. Now you have to be the guy that either goes farther or the guy that gets disciplined. Mm-hmm. And that lasts through our whole life. And uh, that was definitely things that I didn't like about that is, you know, I've heard someone that says, if you ever just thought of a decision, somebody throws something your way, JT, and they say, would you do this or that? If you have to try to convince yourself, they say it's a bad idea. And uh, I think generally that is true. I think generally that is true, but I don't think it's always true. Mm-hmm. How did you shift in gears, which I think, well, I mean, is where we're going, but how, how did you get to where you're like the whole change and just the Proverbs and like, here's my folk. I mean, I, I'm thinking of Carl in high school that <laughs> Oh, totally different yeah i'm like that dude was all over the place just like, talking about the you're talking about the jock funny guy to extreme nerd businessman conversion yeah i mean carl uh, there'd be times like dude you got to focus and you're smart and could do something but i mean carl was everywhere so like woo, that that change uh, i mean it's impressive like that change happened uh I, that change was a uh i call this this is something i've termed no one else has used this term i call it the marty mcfly moment it's when it's kind of weird because it's like Biff shows up and he hands you the book. I know you don't want to be following Biff because he's the bad guy. Yeah. But it's like he hands the younger Biff the sports almanac and then it changes everything. Yep. That was me. I had this moment where I was already Christian. I already knew what I believed. I was going on this right track. Everything's going fine. And just a chance meeting at the strangest place. I went to a dinosaur event with my two-year-old son and my wife in Oklahoma city. And I just happened to sit beside this businessman who just talked to me for like five minutes. And he summed up my entire life. And basically <laughs> he's like, he's like, you gotta go get this book. I'm telling you, go get this book. And, uh, it's going to change everything about you. So I already had this great referral source of this guy that I had yeah. met and, uh, went and got this book. 
and uh, read that book. And ever since then, it's like a light went on. And uh, I just I just get up every day, super pumped, super excited. And uh, that's kind of the day of the day thing. That's where it came from every day. I just get up. My kids know my saying. I'm getting dressed in the morning. Man, today's going to be something special, man. Today's going to be a great day. It's going to be wild, dude. We're going to meet somebody I just got crazy. It. Do you drive Angela crazy with just or like oh. that amount of pause? Like, shut up. It's just going to be a terrible. No, right. baby. It's going to be a great day. I've been uh, I've been reaching out. You know, this is a joke, but I've been I need I've been joking that I need to reach out to like medical professionals, and I'm saying yeah. like, am I gonna kill my wife? Because I'll start talking, her eyes roll up into her head, and I'm I'm worried that this brain thing, like it could affect her brain. So I start so I start saying something crazy. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing something wild. I'm thinking about a new project. She's like, you know, you already got a few. <laughs> She just goes away. Oh, yeah. So what, if you're okay to share, like, what did he, what did he tell you? And, and, and what was the book? Like what was oh, like, Oh, sure. Yeah. I'd love to. I got several of copies of it. Uh, I was quoting it the other day to a agent in my office. And I said, here, I got my pocket version here in my, in, in this deal. And I got my version up on the wall. That's a, that I bought. That is a, like a, um, would you say a collector's item from like a hundred years ago? It's a, as a man thinketh by James Allen. Hmm. And uh, if you look in that guy, he's kind of, he's kind of wild. I mean, he's, uh, he's not def definitely not a, uh, uh, you would say like a Christian theologian, James Allen, as a man thinketh, but, um, it's a very popular book. It's only 60 pages. It takes you about an hour to read if you really read it. And, uh, it's a book that like, I mean, I've heard um, John Maxwell, one of the things I was listening to him talk, and he said, he said, granted, he's, he's talking about dads, this is great. He said, I grew up in an odd household because he was like, I was somewhere and people were like saying like they got paid for chores and everything. He's like, yeah, I got paid $10 to read As a Man Thinketh. And they all looked at him like he was like an alien mm -hmm. because his dad had paid him to read books. Yeah. <laughs> they were like talking about, I took out the trash. So, uh, Maxwell, he likes that book, and a lot of Christians um, have looked at the book. And as a man thinks, it's a great book to pick up, and uh, it basically just really helps you understand who you are. And that's been like the foundation book mm. of like learning that and uh, elevating value. The whole thing that I came up with and um, what I write about. So, so you you talked this guy. He changed. Did he have his pocket sized book to give to you, or? He you went and not. bought it. Like, what was the next step? What? <clears throat> yeah, I went and bought I, it immediately. Just went and I went like the next day. I just wrote it down. Yeah, it wasn't very hard. And I went and bought it on eBay. Got it. Read it. I gave it to a couple people. They read it. They didn't seem to have the effect that it had on me. So I will warn you that some people don't take to it. I think it has something to do with your psychology, maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, got the book, read it. And uh I didn't know that I didn't know that that was that Marty McFly moment, you know, that mm -hmm. moment that somebody gives you a book that changed. I didn't know it till later because it was kind of like just the beginning of understanding that um, that my thoughts are the way that I am, mm -hmm. not not my circumstances, not my environment, but my thoughts. Yeah. And that was huge. Yeah, no, that's I mean, because then that creates 
the your environment, your thought. I mean, yeah, I'm I have a, a friend here that I reach out to regularly because you're just like, man, I'm it's all in my head, you know, and it's all in your head and doomsday's coming. It's like, dude, pick one, do something with it, pick another, do something with it, instead of all these thoughts where I've I learned that a lot because I'm a uh overthinker and just oh yeah, we got all these oh, just pick one move forward what can you do well, you know what's one thing you can do today on one of those but yeah i'll check that book out that sounds uh good no mine i mean i've read several books but getting into your world i think i shared with you to like <clears throat> of stepping out of ministry and then trying to figure out business i you know stumbled upon rich dad poor dad yeah and it was you could say the marty mcflyers like wait a minute there's a whole nother way to think about money and life and it was a little depressing because you're like <laughs> i'm the poor dad over there i do a lot of those things like how do i begin to shift but i think the the biggest thing is in business and life i think you would say even with your elevating value is being proactive i think that's a lot of the issues you see with dads and that's <clears throat> i was doing another or have an episode uh, working on of just that whole thing like trying to find balance in our life and we struggle with it, but I'm like, but I think the issue is because none of us have a goal or even balances that we're on. We're just, we throw stuff out there and yeah, we get overwhelmed with our thoughts or different things going, no, here's my purpose. Here's my value. I mean, you can't elevate value if you don't know what you value. Right. I mean, I'd like to get into that. You want to, do you want me to get into the elevating value? Yeah. I got, I, I'm, I'm slowly giving you some of these triggers to see if uh, okay. you're going to be okay. Well, and, and we got some other stuff in it to where you know if i have to cut it right now after you talk for another hour <laughs> it's all good all right well uh, elevating yeah. value is a is a combination of a couple of things what i did was i learned early on by doing a lot of reading that one of the things that i was missing was this idea that you get paid for your value in life that you bring to the marketplace so this is, if we're just talking mm -hmm. dollars, okay, Yeah. just talking dollars, you get paid for the value that the marketplace puts on you. Um, so that's not your actual value is what the marketplace says you are. If it's dollars per hour mm -hmm. or dollars a year, that's what the marketplace says that you get paid. Um, a great example of this is a bottle of water. Um, you can go buy a pallet of bottle of water and it gets down to like cents per bottle. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you can take it to all extremes to like, uh, I don't know where the most expensive water is, maybe on a first class airplane or yeah. something. No, I don't know. I don't know. But you can, you can get first uh, a bottle for $5, like yeah. a bottle of water at a sporting event. <clears throat> and what has changed? Absolutely nothing about the water. Yeah. It's the environment. It's who you're serving. It's what's going on. So we have to be very careful not to realize that our value is based on just money or just where you're at. But then at that same time, when you open your eyes, you realize that it's not what they're paying you. It's not, um, you know, how much you get per hour. It's about you. Deep down, your value is really about you and what you've done to become you. And that's what you got to offer. Mm -hmm. You got that. And now you can make as much or as little money as you want. There's like no limit to that. Mm -hmm. um, but if I want to get into value, I want to talk about three things. And uh, the three things that I've a combination, 
first is the value, but then what makes that value? So what I've done is I've taken everything, everything you can think of, and you just put it into three categories. And those are character, vision, and skills. So what I say is that basically everything you got is one of those or a combination of those. And that's what makes you. Hmm. So, and as, as a man thinketh, if we're going to talk about, let's talk about um, your character first. In As a Man Think It, he says your character is the complete sum of all your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So would you like to see that equation of your thoughts? I mean, that equation would be insane. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but, you're, but see, you're saying your character is that you can't be something you haven't thought. Mm-hmm. It's processed through your brain. Mm-hmm. And you can't be something that you haven't thought. That's your character is what is a complete sum of all your thoughts. So Which that's I, like... I, that's I one think, of the bases. Yeah. I, I even just think it like you're saying, if this is correct, where your thoughts, they may have been there, but it's the moment that Marty McFly moment, you're saying that it throws it up into there going, oh, this is what I could be beginning to see that thought. Because once you had that thought, it impacted right. your character, right? I mean, that's right. basically what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And what I'm saying is like, whenever you thought like somebody did something when you were a kid and you thought, wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That was a thought and it, and it grew and it, you know, it changed you all the time. And every time you read a book, every time you watch a show, every new person you meet, every thought you have builds on the last one. So you mm. can't, you can't have a new thought without like, let's say I was going to tell a story and y'all said, okay, JT, imagine a red brick. And I'm like, and you're like, and I tell this whole story about this red brick and you're like, what's a red brick? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. Like everything is just builds on itself. And that, so what happens is that becomes your character. Yeah. And what happens in as a man think is they're basically saying you own all this. Mm-hmm. People did it to it, to you. People did things to you. You were around things that you shouldn't have been around, but you did it. You're in charge of your mm-hmm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. You got to figure out how to handle those. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first one is, uh, is your character. And then your vision, I say that's how you see. So that's your, basically your philosophy. Mm-hmm. Not how you see with your eyes, but how you see with your thoughts. That's your philosophy. You know, what do you, how do you view God? How do you view what happens to you? And then your skills is really simple. That's just things that you can learn and that you have learned. So um, a basic, basic way to give a great idea, like a way of how to do value would be, let's take a trade. What kind of a trade would be a good trade? Um, Let's just say painting. I don't know. I know painting. some painters. <laughs> I know a guy who paints some yeah. little bit. So you take a painter and you say, if you look at his graph, and you think of the left side, like a normal graph is a start, the right side is the end. Mm-hmm. And you put these three things on the graph, vision, character, and skills. You're, what really changes like painting businesses from other painting business is their vision. Mm-hmm. Some guys create a vision of insanity. They want 100 employees, locations everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's what they go after. So now their character and their skills have to meet that. They have to be the boss to go out and hire those people that get the skills to do it. Yeah. Right. But I would say the majority of painters are different than that. They start with the vision of, I got to get some cash. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go work. So the thing that gets, that keeps them in business is their character and their skills. And sometimes their character and their skills 
or a lot of times is what's pulling their business, their vision up. Mm-hmm. So they're good enough that people are saying, Hey, you need to come over here. Mm-hmm. So now they're saying, I need to go hire somebody to go do that job. So they can fall into a big business without a high vision, but a, with a higher character and skills. Yeah. So it works. Maybe it works better if you see this on a graph, but does that make sense to you of what I'm doing? Yeah. Yeah. That makes, it reminds me, have you read the E-Myth? The E-Myth? I have not read that one. Um, I can't think of who it's by, but it's, it's, it's entrepreneurial ship. And so it's the E-Myth is that's the E, what that's for. And so talking about what you just said, the difference between self-employed and entrepreneurs of self-employed has the skills and then starts yeah. working and they can fall in the trap of, well, I'm just going to work, 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 and don't have the vision to entrepreneur says I've got a vision. I don't necessarily have the skills, but I can get other people for it. But yeah, no, that makes absolute sense of how so you have processed through that. So what stuff. I'm doing is I'm putting a visual to what we already know we do Yeah. And for a visual person that can think about things and says, Hey, I can change the way I am or change what I do by thinking about it a little different way. I'd like to give another example. That's uh, great is let's say uh, college a four-year mm-hmm. college. So instead of being like a business, you just make it a college. And you say, when someone goes to a college, how strong is their vision to graduate in four years? Some people's really high. Some mm-hmm. people's not. Some people clearly see themselves, I'm going to graduate in four years. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then uh, some people have the character to follow through with that. Be honest, get it done, be the kind of person that shows up. And then some people have the skills to complete all the courses, learn the skills that they need to to get that degree. Mm-hmm. So you can totally take that person mm-hmm. and think of the opposite of the guy that goes to college. That's like, I don't know why I'm here. You know, my dad made me come here or yeah. somebody made me come here to school or I got a scholarship and uh, they don't follow through with that. And that's how you can like, look at it on a, on a uh, project basis. Like I'm going to do this one thing. And then you can look and kind of quote, okay, where, where, where am I at? Do mm-hmm. I really, have a vision for where this let's say this passion is going or do i just do it because i love it and then mm-hmm. just kind of look think through it mm-hmm. yeah because that's there's yeah i think we're similar I, I love reading there's a lot of books but i think one of the things you're saying and it's i don't know if it's a shift or at least as i'm reading with goals to where like we would set these goals way out but not necessarily have the character or skills to get us to where a lot of those guys are you just got to create systems to get you to there, which I mean, yeah. sounds a lot like what you're saying of, yes, I, this is my lofty goal, but how am I going to get there? Well, I break it down with, I have this thought, which leads to this character, which builds upon right. your goal to where I, I, and I think even for me, or it's, it's way more, I guess it's freeing to think of it that way instead of like, yeah, my goal is I want to make a million dollars. Well, that's holy cow. That's scary to think about. Well, you've got to get the character, the skills to get you there. So what can you, well, I need to learn how to do sales. Okay. Well, here's mm-hmm. this. Okay. So after, th- you know, breaking yeah. it down to where, I mean, it's yeah, this dumb analogy of how to eat an elephant. But here's, One, but here's the great thing about what you just said is that what you just said was totally right about when someone says, I want to make a million dollars. They're like, Oh my goodness, that seems so big. But when you throw the value, um, basically the method that I'm using into this, this is what happens. You say, I want, it doesn't matter what number you pick. Why not pick 1 billion? Let's say Mm -hmm. 1 billion, because here's why. Uh, You're going to say the skills to do that, which you just brought up, which is the number one thing people go to. How am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. Right? How am I going to do that? 
Well, there's another factor. It's called character. Mm-hmm. And the most beautiful thing about a really nice, rich person is that you don't get ri- not everyone gets rich by being a jerk. Yeah. Is that the thing you can say about a lot of money is you say, the beautiful thing about being a guy that earns a million dollars a year is being the kind of guy that earns a million dollars a year. Because mm-hmm. you got to think about how many people work for him. Yeah. How many people trust him? Mm-hmm. How good is he with people? Yeah. How nice is he to people? And so it, it's this mindset of like, I think that's one of the shifts too. People don't get rich by ripping people off. Yeah. They are the guy that is really helping people. So you don't earn, the, the quote is, it's, uh, you don't earn a million dollars for the money. You earn a million dollars for the guy you become. Mm. That's wow. good. Wow. That's so good. good. Which, I mean, that shifts it because, yeah, there's guys that are ripping people off, but it doesn't necessarily last. Yeah. But, I mean, it, you just summed up your elevating value of right. B. Huh. Yeah, that's that's a good, I like that. And, uh, I want to get to dads on this because yeah, yeah, that's right. And how I'll transition it. to this is through an old lady, which is really funny transition, but I have a client <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm on, that I'm on the phone with. I want a client that I'm on the phone with and, uh, our, our agency had helped her three years ago, get a medical supplement policy three years ago. She was 92. Okay. Uh, now she's 95. Yeah. So she calls me, she's still with it. She's still going. She's like, you know what? I'm thinking I might need to change this and get a better price. I say, okay, we're going to type some information. We'll look at this. So I'm going through the questions with her and I'm just being funny. I like to do this, make people laugh. I said, I said, look, I look here three years ago. I said, you were a non-smoker. I said, I got to ask, have you picked up the habit? You know, do you, <laughs> you smoke a little? She started laughing so hard. I mean, it was one of those things she could like, she started laughing and laughing. She's like, no, I haven't started smoking. And uh, when you say that and you think about like this, you know, how it's so crazy to, for anyone to think about that. A 92 year old that hasn't smoked basically their whole life. Yeah. 95 to have picked up smoking habits. Uh-huh. Now we think it's funny because we know it's true, but there's nothing different than a 12 year old and a 15 year old. The psychology, I mean, we see 12-year-olds and 15-year-olds change a lot. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that if you're that strong of character when you're 12, 15, 18, 21, like as of right now, I'm never going to start smoking. Yeah. All right. Now, the thing is, it applies to everything, not just smoking. And so that's my transition to dads is that, you know, that story, that is so funny. That still makes me laugh to think how hard she laughed. It's like... <laughs> I can't assume. I can't assume these things, ma'am. Yeah, no, it's you got to check. Yeah, I, I think I'd do it the same way. of not like boring question. Hey, do you smoke? Hey, just curious. Did you pick up the habit? You know, that's you know, insurance gets a bad name. But if you talk to a good agent, man, we get. I ask some great questions. Like I'm asking business questions. You know, you got any barns with the? You know about any like hidden uranium you got in there? You know any nuke, <laughs> nuclear material? Yeah, I just ask all the crazy stuff. Now I know. I didn't see a swimming pool, but do you have a hidden swimming pool? You know, I got to ask. I yeah. got to ask. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, but moving that to dads is that when you think about, like, that's the question is, is key is think, right? When you think mm-hmm. about uh, being a dad, you got to think, uh, what do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And then you have to become that, not do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, let's, let's say 
you want to be a dad that does things with your kids. We've talked about this in the past. It doesn't mean you take them to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It means that you do things with your kids. Yeah. And you got to get strategic about it. Like, um, my wife's helped me with this, but she does this. She puts, she got this idea together through our conversations is we do like a, a time where we spend like 30 minutes with one kid, each other by ourselves, like, uh, go out to eat, go on a bike ride, mm-hmm. call it like a date night. And we yeah. just take out one of the kids. Um, but that's kind of stuff is what you got to decide. And then you got to do it. Yeah. And then you become a good father. And, uh, you know, that's, that stuff is, that's incredible stuff. You know, you, cause you have to have, you set it up on a calendar, the kid, you kind of have some accountability. Mm-hmm. You, you just be active. But so, so the whole thing is with it, when you look at like character, vision and skills, you're picking up new skill sets. You're putting a vision out there of what you want to be as a father and you're going towards it. See that. And that's uh, a lot of times the skills of our could be the default what we got Mm -hmm. the skills is the vision you're like why that doesn't have to be that doesn't have to be what we what we do it's just what we are Mm -hmm. yeah that's i mentioned have said that before that you know your legacy is built day by day and so yeah Yeah. i mean disney world's amazing i've been to disney world i kind of remember but i don't remember moments with my mom at disney world you know i remember it's hot and sweaty but i remember the day to days of her doing this and that, like the difference of that day to day is what your kids will remember, which is encouraging. Cause you're like, okay, we don't need to go to Disney world. Cause I don't want to, that sounds awful, but they remember, yeah, dad would take us out. Dad would do this, but it's also, you know, your whole thing. Cause I just, I mean, it's like practice. I mean, we don't not like, Hey, I'm going to go win the NBA championship. Let's just go to that. No, that's there. So you have to begin to, dribble and shoot and te- like all the work to it and if you don't get there you're still better for it because you've done all these skills you know that have gotten you there where i think that's the that's the biggest one of the biggest things i'm learning i think to encourage dads of like set that like you said a million why not a billion it still takes the same amount to get there yeah. and the person you're going to become is great. I mean, yes, it'd be awesome to have a billion over a million, but it, it's that whole skill set. And I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing. If I can teach my kids that growth mindset, yeah, it's, that's of, it. it's just a daily thing. Like who you are day to day is who you are. It's not the one act kind of thing, but of intentionally being like Carlin day, waking up. All right, here we go. Here's today. It's going to be great. What are we doing? And, and, and yeah. you know, there's opportunity all every day. You just got to go for it. Yeah, that is, that is so true. Yep. Every day. And, uh, man, I had a good insight there. You're talking about, uh, you're going to, you're talking about those vacations and doing all, doing all that stuff, you know, like you've been, you've been on those vacations. Yeah. Um, but those are, those are just those moments, uh, mm-hmm. Just those singular moments, man. I had a lot of time to spend with my father day day by day, like uh, working because he didn't have mm-hmm. a day job, like a day job. So I went with him a lot. Yeah, and that no, that's huge. Oh that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think of that too. Of like, man, how do you get those moments to where? Yeah, it's not like 
your dad set out of like, all right, today when Carlin's with me, I'm going to teach him this. Like, no, he's going to be with me. He's going to watch, Hey, this cattle, you know, it's, he jumped out yeah. and did this. Mm-hmm. Dad didn't freak out. He calmly you know, right. got him back, you know, what, like, yeah, those are the moments. It's not other stuff. So that's good. So, uh, we've, we've talked about you as a dad and then you're wanting to share some stuff about your dad. Um, and, and you said, yeah, you said it, but he, you don't necessarily have wounds, um, it, compared to mine, you know, mine's, and, and I get, not everybody has father wounds. I think all of us have, I think the difference for me, some of us have, you know, little scratches from our dads. Cause I mean, right. dad is an imperfect person. He's going to impact you. It's just, some of them are long lasting. Some of them, yeah, dad had a little temper, but it never scared me, you know, never hurt me. So, um, yeah, what kind yeah, talk about the relationship with your dad and kind of how you guys have processed through stuff. Yeah, you know, like some people call it the wound. And uh, I was looking at like my dad, like just writing out stuff, like trying to find the wound. And I had heard this method where you write out, let's say, 20 or 25 things, and then you pick out the significant ones that are super significant. So with the case of my dad, if you start doing that, I don't have 20 wounds. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, I changed the thing into like, what are the 20 things? Mm-hmm. What are the things that you think about with your dad? Yeah. Then what I've heard about this is you take the most significant, you just throw the others away. Hmm. Just focus on the most, like, let's say the top five. Yeah. Right. Like you're going to say about what do you like about a person, right? 20 things. Yeah. And then, or what you don't like or what you like, but then pick the most important things about them and just throw yeah. away the rest if they're not that bad. Mm-hmm. And so I did that and I just came up with a list of five things that basically any wounds that I got are overwritten by Ooh, the five yeah. good things. Those are good. How about that's almost like a way to say who's a winner as a dad. Yeah. Say, does your five outweigh your little scratches you gave your kids? Mm-hmm. But I just wrote out five and, uh, I'll share them with you if you like. Yeah. I said one was he was like the protector, kept me away from enough bad. Mm. Always looking out for me so mm-hmm. that he wasn't, I wasn't getting the bad inputs because he was watching, watching out for me. Uh, another one I put was um, faithfulness. That written, written that in your code every day of mm-hmm. having a mom and dad that I knew I had a mom and dad never questioned it. Mm-hmm. Now I have that written into my program that mm-hmm. throughout my whole life, yeah. I've came across a lot of people that don't have that code mm-hmm. written into their thoughts. Yeah, I do. And it came from my dad. Um, the other one was, you know, it kept away from bad, but he also showed me God all the time. That was important. Mm-hmm. That was a huge one. Uh, hard work provider. Mm-hmm. I think that, that got written into my code. That's why I love working on what I love, which is just a different thing. Yeah. His was farming. Mine is, uh, I don't know what you call it. Creating. <laughs> <laughs> having fun. I just love having fun. That's what I love. <laughs> You're getting paid for it. You're getting paid for it and helping people. Um, and then the last one I thought was really important. Uh, the fifth one that I picked was education. Um, and not just school, but he always made sure that I learned. And then educated me with confidence. I think that's something mm. uh, that, you know, just always be like I said, spend a lot of time with them farming and stuff like that is that there's this sense of security, confidence that you can, you can't just uh, learn in a seminar, right? Over a weekend mm-hmm. takes 
seeing it and enough, I got enough confidence from him, I guess, that I built into myself that I was always, I've always, you've always known me as a confident person. Oh yeah. Not, not confident. So those are the five things. And I say, I think out of my list, all those five things, they just like heal any kind of scratches or, cause there's no serious, serious wounds. Yeah. Not missing an arm. I, I like that though, even though, I, I mean, even for myself, if you're saying for anybody, if you if processing through the wounds, here's the 20 things. Okay. Then let's move on with the top five bad ones and get rid of the rest. May, I mean, just that's a good, you can get rid of those. Those are the easy ones. Let those yeah. forgive. Here's the five, but then, okay. What are the good things that you can focus on? And I've done that myself with my dad of like, what, you know, what are some of the good things that I got from him? Oh yeah. This is why, you know, why do I love basketball? Well, that's my dad loved basketball. He wanted to play, you know, so that's a thing there. I think that's great. Um, no, I'm glad you, yeah, I wanted to share those because that's, I, I forgot. I can't remember if I've told you that your the impact your dad had on me. What was it? Yeah. So that's, I remember, right. I mean, you remember me showing up junior year and I was just completely lost kid. And so I remember football, the junior year, right. We won, I think one game and we ended because, Oh, what was his name? Ben Friesen broke his leg. I think it was that year. So our eight man went down to seven. So we quit. It was awful football. Whoa. But like after every game, your dad would come up and he would say, I'm proud of you. And I'd wow. be like, dude, you're out of your freaking mind. Like we just got run ruled or we just got this. And I remember like he would always pick out something particular. And one of the things he said, he said, I don't care about the score. I care about you. Like I'm watching your character. And I, I remember just like, this dude's freaking crazy. Like, cause I didn't, I kind of knew you, but that was the beginning. I didn't yeah. know this guy named Kenny. I was like, who is this guy? And he would do that every game. And like, there was one, like to the point to where I remember one game, he's like, I was watching you and you're about to throw your mouthpiece, but you didn't, you stopped yourself. That was, you know, I was like, what is wrong with you? We are losing so bad. And like, but just, that was the moment, like, beginning to understand there's something different. I mean, what you just said that he showed God and gave confidence where I was like, Oh, it's not about these things. Maybe if I can, which goes back to your elevating value. If I can focus on my character, this is going to get better. And lo and behold, the games would go a lot better if I'd focus on myself. But really that's what I always point back to is the turning point to where I came back to God of going, this is what a loving father looks like is someone who's just consistent. I mean, I mean, that's your story. I mean, he's faithful. He's consistent. He showed up, said, here's God. He's some farmer from corn, Oklahoma that doesn't, he doesn't, he's not on the stage, but he's that, yeah. he's that consistent. And that legacy, then, like you said, writes into your code, which writes into your boys, which writes on, you know, so no, I, yeah, your dad's awesome. Yeah. It's cool. But that's, yeah, good stuff. I'm, yeah, you sharing with dad of the top five of, which, I mean, I think anybody would do. I mean, you know, most of us got it, but I think it'd be a good thing, one, to write it down and really see it, especially as a dad going, okay, how can I bring these into mine? But even then for you, you know, or anyone, take back to dad and say, hey, here's the five things or three things you gave me, and this is the impact. Because, I mean, I know as a dad, I think that'd be great because I'd be like, here's the 20 things I know I did wrong with you. <laughs> and they go, I don't remember any of it. Here's the five, like, this is what I remember dad and going, Oh wow. Like that'd be yeah. very in impactful. So no, that's good, Probably stuff. Be good to send the top five and not the whole list. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. Depending, like, depending here's, on your relationship. Here's the 50 things that I got. It was pretty easy, but uh, <laughs> make sure you focus on the five, Dad. Like, no. Yeah. I mean, that's oh. that's John Acuff's, what is it, the criticism math? Oh, you can yeah. Get, get what? One critic. You can get a thousand praises and one criticism, and you always focus on the uh, thousand instead of, or, or the, the one criticism. A yeah, little bit of criticism. Yep. Yeah. So that's good. good. No, man, I'm glad. Yeah, you added that. It's it's good stuff. Anything else? Uh, well, the first the first pillar of memory. <laughs> no, no, that is a different podcast, a different time. <laughs> Shift gears here for you as we start and wrap up. Um, I get the rapid fire questions, and then the ones that'll hopefully not make you cry. Easy one. What's your favorite movie? Um, as a dad, uh, it's become a uh, sound of music. Oh yeah, you are. I'm, you can sing, can't you? you would... I'm serious. The sound of music is such a great movie. I ha- what, what, I mean, obviously it's a classic, but what, what draws you in? And you said as, as a, a dad, dad, as a dad, when I watched it, when I was a kid, I watched it and I was just like, this is some dumb musical. Uh-huh. Then as a dad and as a businessman, this guy, his name is Georg. That has nothing to do with it to me, but uh, his name is Georg. And uh, Georg, you got to keep saying that name. Georg, he... I know, you got to quit. I'm, I'm lost. I don't care what you're listening he is, to. Uh, he has a rich... He's rich. He's like has a yeah. giant house and this big family. And Hitler comes to basically the Third Reich, says, you got to become part of the Nazi party. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, I'm not doing it. And they mm-hmm. keep pressuring him. And then he basically says i'm not doing it and i'll even die to not do it and he takes him and his family and he leaves everything he has to do the right thing mm-hmm. and i just think as a dad i mean nobody would mm. do that that he is like and so from my thinking and how i look at that as i say you know why he did that that's why he was rich and had that big house and that big family yeah that's why he had what it took to do that yeah. Everyone else would have just laid down and just become because they did in that movie. They were just all signing up to be part of the um, mm-hmm. the Third Reich. And he's like, no way. And he just leaves everything he's got because that's the kind of man he is. Yeah. OK, I'm convinced I have to go watch it again. But I mean, yeah, to your point, it's just the he was uncompromising and had integrity. So, of course, got it's character. Evening. Yep. Skills. He had right. a vision of what he wanted. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. What's uh what's the song you're listening to? Uh Bob Wills Deep Water. Uh Bob Wills, he's a hit guy from like 19 early 1900s in country music. Um and then uh a song I've been jamming to a lot lately is uh The Trouble with Hello is Goodbye. I like the Sinatra version. Oh man. God, you're such an old man. I mem- I mean, I knew you listened to old <laughs> man music in high school, but you're an old mature soul wow the trouble with hello yeah there we go get that deep voice of carl man i miss that um what other than working all the time you said is your hobby what what's a hobby or does it is that what brings you life doing the Um, elevating value or yeah uh working is uh is uh really uh fun because i work on things that are not work um me and my kids work together on stuff i've got them building a minecraft thing 
that's a whole different podcast, different host too. Um, <laughs> I've, I've literally paid my kids to build things in Minecraft. And I currently have a guy that's just about to get a $10 paycheck. He's super pumped. Um, but uh, yeah, building and creating, drawing, mm-hmm. music. Um, I just have so much fun. It's uh, It's got to be annoying to live with me gotta be oh i i know it is that, I that, have... that month we had together <laughs> you know you know what i've changed a lot but i've just learned this about myself is that the it's that i have this mechanism that creativity will just get me off basically anything like if i'm down or sad so and the toughest part about being married to me i'm sorry to angela my wife is that she'll get mad at me and i'll just go play piano <laughs> and then i'll have the nerve to be like You'll never figure. You'll never believe this. I'll come back in the in the room. I'll be like, you'll never believe. This. I found out how to lay a drum beat on my keyboard over over this music. She's like, oh, can we just talk about the issue? No. She's like, I'm like, what is? She? Oh yeah. You're pretty mad. You're pretty mad right now, aren't you? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But can that wait? I think I have the news hit right here. I have it. I have it. Listen, I recorded it. On my phone. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. That's awesome. And that's why the eyes roll back the head, you know. Yep. All right. So fill in the blank. A dad is blank. Security. Mm. I, read, I read this question. You had sent it to me, rapid fire. And I read it. And that's the first thing I thought of. And a short quote is, it says, security cannot be found in a job. Security cannot be found in a paycheck. It can only be felt at a dinner table with the family or when you pass a guy on the street or when he enters into a room. And uh, it goes with elevating value because you can feel that. You can feel character and you can feel vision and you can mm-hmm. feel skills. And so I think I asked, I've asked a couple of people and I said, I am so sad that people don't get this because I said the strongest security I think I've ever felt is when everything wasn't right. I'm sure everything there was trouble. When I was at the dinner table as a little kid, like maybe four, five, six, seven, before I knew anything about the world, but just with my family. Mm. And I'm so sad that people don't get that because I Mm -hmm. don't know what the percentage are, but the people that have felt that I'm like, is there any time you felt more secure, more in place than that? And the father's the head of that, in my opinion. Yeah, man, that's good. Who's that quote by? That's a quote came from Earl Nightingale, who's also from early 1900s, lead the field. He has a lower voice than I do. That's why he's, I like to listen to him. <laughs> that, yeah, that's good though. Yeah, secure, I like that security. Dad is security, but, uh, but it's also felt in it. It's a feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's yeah, like you said, that we're. But I mean, it makes sense, and not to get off the track, but yeah, with a dad, you can just feel it. I mean, the dinner table is a great example of like, yep, I'm safe. This is. This is it. Um, I think I know the answer to this one. You just blew it as a dad. How do you respond? You go play piano? <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. With my kids, I'm a little more sensitive. That's really good. Hey, I have, I've worked on that a little bit. Um, I think that uh, you just get back in line. It's the, it's the Proverbs. You know, yep. stern, I say this in a lot. Stern discipline awaits him who leaves the path. Um, and it talks a lot about Proverbs about if you don't like discipline, you're going off the off. Mm-hmm. a bad direction but if you enjoy it you just get right back on the right path so just say i'm sorry and go forward prove it to them next time yeah which i mean is is hard but it's 
that character building for them that they begin to see it as well of like, yeah, it's, you know, it's not like, Oh, I screwed up, move on. Nope. Own it, take responsibility and move forward. I like that. Uh, what brings you most pride as a dad? Uh, hearing my kids make, uh, their own decisions based in, based in, uh, thought of how to act, how to be. And when it's based upon God, like, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, uh, it's basically the story, um, you know, it's whenever they make a decision for themselves that says, you know, God wanted me to do this, or this is what God would want me to do. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the ultimate thing. Cause that's what a father has to pass on to his kid. Mm, that's good. Where they one like, is it basically kind of saying that they one thinking for themselves, but beginning to own their faith? Yeah. Yeah. Owning faith, owning, owning godly thinking, mm -hmm. owning Proverbs thinking, yeah. owning yeah, Proverbs. Yeah. Proverbs. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and ask me the next question. I'll give you another Proverbs. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, I know it's going to be the answer of what story do you want your kids to share with their kids about you? Right. Well, I want, I want them to say this and it's, it's right out of Proverbs. I think it's so beautiful is uh Proverbs uh, four, uh, three. It says, when I was a child in my father's house and an only child of my mother, and it talks about his father, says, he taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all your heart, mm -hmm. you know, keep my commands and you will live. And then he said, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Mm -hmm. Go off the path, come back. And that's, that's basically what I want my kids to tell me is that, I mean, that's what I want them to say about dad is yeah. that that's what he did for them is he just pounded into me. And that's why they are who they are is because how they think because they were taught correctly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's good stuff. I like that. Well, thanks for, man, this was so fun. Yeah. I can't, I did not know that I was going to come today. And one of the funnest places that we went was literally that stupid um, air mattress in that dumb, <laughs> in that terrible house. <laughs> For some reason, I forgot about it. Freezing, waking oh. up, going, "Oh my gosh!" It's it so was hilarious hot. about that story. Is I moved out of the dorm. as after our first year of college, and I went after first year of college. I go home for um to kick us out of the dorms. The semester's over. It's summertime, so I go home, and I hadn't even thought about what my plans were for the summer. And I just take all my stuff to my house where my parents live. And I'm like the only one there, just me and my parents. Yeah. And I, I didn't even stay there. I don't think one night I said, I'm going to go live with Reed and JT. And I just took all my stuff, put it back in my car and left. <laughs> and I think about that decision, how weird that was. This is like, oh, yeah. I hadn't thought I was just like, well, I guess I'm going to go home after the semester. And I was like, well, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go sleep on an air mattress for 40 days. 60 days oh, oh the, yeah it was terrible it was but fun. it was a lot of fun glad did it glad a lot did of fun it. hey thanks for listening to this episode of dad talks if you enjoyed today's episode please take a moment leave a review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any episodes